You are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode 179. Side A. Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. It's a side A episode. Rob, do you know what that means? I think so. Well, you better know what that means. I You've think been doing this we're for like talk a... about new stuff. We're going to talk about new stuff and pop culture and entertainment news, movies, uh, no music this time, some books, talk a little bit about Florida and Captain Dipshit and uh, <laughs> whatever else caught our eye this week. My name is Jazz Hands, and I am joined by Passion Fingers. Passion! Fabulous, fabulous. This week, on Side A, we are going to talk about Amazon Prime's Definitely Not for Children animated series, Invincible. Mm-hmm. We are going to talk about King Kong vs. Godzilla, which is, you know, just burning up the movie charts, and the first novel in a new series set in an already visited world by Mark Lawrence. It is the girl and the stars. Yes, yes it is. You can tell which one Rob added after the fact because I didn't know what I was going to be saying. <laughs> I was reading, and I'm always concerned when that happens. <laughs> but, guys, as always, this is a review show. There's probably going to be some spoilers, especially when it comes to King Kong versus Godzilla. So if we are talking about something that you haven't read, listened to, or watched yet you might want to use your own discretion go watch it and then come back and see what we thought see if we agree with you yeah use someone else's discretion for that i don't you know yes i really enjoy using other people's discretion yeah so let's talk about some of these things that are going on in the world today um both of us kind of picked up on this little bit of news and mm-hmm. uh, that is uh, DMX. And uh, he is on life support. We're not he sure what's going to happen. Um, and I was wondering if this was a, just from what I've heard so far, I, I don't believe it's COVID related. No, this was a drug overdose. Oh, that's okay. Is, yeah, because I heard it was a heart attack. Yeah, it is a heart attack based on drug use. Um, and, you know, I've. I, when DMX first came out, personally, I was one of those that was like, if it's not heavy metal, it's crap. (laughs) And then I heard a song and I was like, this is kind of heavy. I like it. And I I remember I did one of those, the Columbia House things, and that was one of the the DVDs that I got. Or one of the CDs, rather, that I got. And then, many years later, you know, I don't know, 10 years later or whatever, I went to your birthday party. Mm-hmm. And I think I got there early. Either early or I stayed late. I don't know exactly what the deal was, why I was there for that long. But I ended up at the bar by myself waiting for people to get there, I think. And, I was, and there was only two people in the bar. There was me and there was DMX. And I watched a Yankee game with him. Nice. Who was he rooting for? I think he was rooting for the Yankees. I think it was one of those weird games that, like, got into... I know. I remember Alex Rodriguez was, was on the Yankees at the time, but I think... Okay. That it was one of those weird games that was like a no hitter into like the sixth inning or something. Oh wow! 
and he was super chill. He was really nice. I know that there's been some past that wasn't so great. I don't really want to talk about someone while they're in a coma, but it was it was nice meeting him and nice just meeting him just a kind of a chill thing. I believe, if I remember correctly, he offered me a chicken finger. But me being a germaphobe did not take DMX's chicken finger, which would actually probably be a good title for this episode if he wasn't in a coma. Um. Anyway, he is uh, undergoing tests. This is the most recent news. He's um, undergoing tests today uh, to see if he actually has brain function because he, I do believe he, his brain or his body was deprived of oxygen for about 30 minutes, which is not so good. Ooh, um, yeah, that that does not bode well. Um, so, you know, he's 50 years old. Hope he can pull that, pull it out and hope that if he does pull it out that, you know, he can get whatever help he needs. But uh, we're uh, we're sending you some some kind thoughts there, DMX. Phrases I never thought I'd say. <laughs> so what what else you got? Um, I happened to come across a, a new trailer for uh, I believe it's a new Netflix show coming out called Jupiter's Legacy. Have you seen that trailer? I did actually. I probably came across it around the same time you did this afternoon. I I have to say I'm I'm actually kind of interested in it. It's got kind of a boy's feel to it without the superheroes being like evil it seems like mm-hmm. um it, it looks more like a hero coming of age drama uh with like some really great uh action sequences packed into it um but the story it looks like focuses on the uh the teenage and the or the late teens children of a superhero squad that has been protecting the world or whatever for the last 20 years or something mm-hmm. like that and them dealing with, like, the passing of the guard kind of thing. And these are, like, godlike superheroes, not just... It seems like. It seems like they're more Justice League than Avengers, if that makes sense. Right, right, yeah. So, I'm actually intrigued. I'll probably check it out when it's released. Yeah, uh, I thought it looked good. I I knew of this series because of the comic book, which I, I told you as we were about to go on the air. Uh it was written by Mark Millar, or Mark Miller, I don't know how to pronounce his name, because he's, uh, he's from, I think, really Scottish. But he also uh, created The Kingsman, he wrote Wanted, as you told me, mm-hmm. uh, and he's got kind of a dark British sense of humor, as does the writer from The Boys, for that matter. They're kind of from the same era of comics. Mm-hmm. So, I, I'm intrigued. I am always worried that there's going to be good stuff that gets passed up, because it's part of, you know... Oh, another superhero series like The Boys or like this or yeah, like that. Yeah, it does seem like that that topic is becoming saturated, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, just like a few like a year ago, everything was, uh, you know, Blade Runner type ripoffs, and eventually that got tired. Mm-hmm. So, but um, there's actually been a lot of trailers. I didn't really you know spell this out much in the uh, notes in the notes here, but um, the Suicide Squad trailer came out as well. And I oh, loved it. I did it. see a trailer for that. I loved it. It is a red band trailer, so there's lots of swearing. There's lots of just hilarity. Now, who is Idris Elba playing? Uh, he's not Deadshot. I don't. Okay, so think. he didn't take Will Smith's place. No, it's like Red Dot or something. Oh, okay. Because it seems like he's playing like the same it's... character, though. Yeah, it looks like it. Let's see. I am typing this in here. Um... Is Idris Elba a dead shot? Nothing against Will Smith, but I like Idris Elba so much more. You're not wrong. 
Um, so good. No, so he's not. Yeah, he's definitely not Deadshot, but I don't. Um, I don't know exactly who he's going to be, but I I just love the John Cena character in that he's like peacemaker or something. Yeah. <laughs> he's like it just I you guys look for the trailer. It's he's just he's got some great one-liners and like John Cena is such a badass that he will play any role and he'll just do it with a smile on his face because like yeah. what are you going to do? Make fun of John Cena? And and it took me a second to recognize. I don't even know who he's playing, but it's got uh, Kovach from the first season of Altered Carbon in it. Oh, does it? Yeah. The the scene where they're talking to the guy and they're like if we find out you're lying, you die. If we find out you if we find out you've given us wrong information, you die. And Harley Quinn walks past and goes, "If we find out you have a personalized license plate, you die." And then the guy goes, "Wait, no. That's <laughs> that's the guy who plays Kovach in Altered Carbon." Oh, nice. And the shark, King Shark was uh Did you know who that was? No, who's playing King Shark? Sylvester Stallone. Really? Yep. Is he doing the voice or is he like the body? He's he's too? the the voice cuz he's okay. fully <laughs> well, just... I didn't know if he did mocap for it or not. Oh, maybe. That'd be great. So, either way, it looks really fun. Uh, James Gunn is hilarious, and, you know, he has his finger on the pulse, and it just, it's it's what that series needs, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, the other thing was the Loki series had a trailer, too, which also looks pretty good. It looks mm -hmm. a little bit like a time travel kind of thing. Now, when does that start? Summer. Because doesn't Falcon Winter Soldier only have like six episodes or something? Yeah, that's got a six-episode run. And aren't we getting near to that or something? Uh, we're at episode three just ran. Oh, all right. Four is coming out this Friday? Yeah. So then we got that. It just looks good. It looks um, – I've heard some people say it's Quantum Leap or some people say it's uh, Legends of Tomorrow, but he has to somehow put something right because he did break the timeline, and there oh, are a couple – totally Quantum Leap. <laughs> yeah. But Setting he uh, right that once went wrong, and hoping each time that his next leap would be the leap home. Yeah, but I think this is, has to fix something that that he specifically broke. Meaning he grabbed the the, the tesseract, cube, the tesseract when he was flying. And uh, I do like that there was a little hint at the end of the trailer that there was uh, the the dude that stole the in real life that hijacked an airplane and like stole a bunch of money and parachuted out of it, and they never found him again. DB Cooper. You're on fire with the names today. I am not. Bam! Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, so this looks pretty good. Uh, Rob, I need you yes. to prepare to leap out of your seat and, ex and be excited. I, I know what it is already, and I'm super excited about it. This It will probably be the first one I've ever bought. So, if, if we have no sure, we're not sure if it's going to get approved, because there's, of course, <sighs> licensing, but with plenty of time to go, the... Lego Gilder Frontier from the Princess Bride has been approved at least by fan vote. Um, so it did rocket past what it was, what it needed. Got over its ten thousand votes. Now they actually go in and and uh, try to figure out, you know, is it something that can sell and is it something that's licensing will be available to it? Um, it's the one, of course, that had um, four different scenes from the the movie, as well as a little uh, Lego rodent of unusual size. Absolutely awesome. As opposed to a patron of unusual and, size. And I will say that it, I think the licensing will, won't be an issue given that McFarlane, um, that they've been willing to work with McFarlane as far as letting them produce pictures, or pictures, as far as letting them produce figures from the from the movie. Yeah. Because uh, in October of last year, McFarlane Toys announced that they were going to do a line of Princess Bride figures, which I'm still waiting for news on, McFarlane Toys. I want to know when these figures are coming out. 
I want to be ready to try and beat the effing scalpers. I'm going to make Rob swear right now. They announced another uh, G.I. Joe classified figure. When? Today? Uh, a couple days ago. Uh, Major Blood. Oh, is he a Target exclusive? He's a Target exclusive. Fucking assholes. You know, <laughs> fuck you, Target. All right? Cause this, this is basically is... our phone conversations every so often. Oh, my You're, God. You guys are, like, listening into a phone conversation of ours. Are you effing kidding me right now? Yeah. Are they go- Have they said anything about upping the production? About no. upping the I, I don't, This is... Uh, this is an assumption based on the fact that he's listed as a Cobra Island, which you know how that works. So anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Oh my God. I don't know. If you guys want to hear more about toys, maybe Rob and I can find some time to talk about that on the Facebook page or something. But because, you know, every so often we have to venture out of our house to go get toys, and then we have to face off with Florida Man. Florida Man. Yes. Well... Florida what did Florida Man. Florida Man do this week, Greg. Florida Man. This one is named Troy Cornwell. WTF. He is 29 years old. And I'll bet you I could if you click on that link there. Um, I bet you you could guess what fan of which hockey team he is. If you do that. So he uh Oh my god. He's yeah, a lightning he is, fan. He is a lightning fan, and we know this because he has it, a giant lightning bolt tattooed over his right eye. A giant tattoo that goes from his for his head all the way down to past his mouth. Yep. Uh, must have been very excited about that Stanley Cup thing. Uh, if they ever yeah. change their logo or name, he's screwed. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Shazam or Storm or <laughs> David Bowie or something. Anyway, uh, so what did he do other than having a tattoo on his face? Uh... He uh, decided that he would run up to a hospital and steal an ambulance. Oh, my God. Now, I don't think uh, – you drove an ambulance, right, at I one point, too? You have? It's not any different to drive than a car, right? It's bigger. Oh, no, it's definitely different. Is um, it? I, I mean, unless you're stealing one of the van ones, then it's like driving a van. It was one of the ones that looks like a fire rescue one? Oh, yeah. It's, it, it handles a lot differently than a car. Gotcha. So, so differently that, that immediately after stealing it, you would get it stuck in mud? Because that's what he did. Um, if you tried to drive it through mud, yes, because you probably don't realize how heavy it is, and it gotcha. would very easily get stuck in mud. Gotcha. So he was dry- he stole the ambulance right up from the side of the hospital. The ambulance crew was thankfully dropping a patient off in the hospital, and the the patient didn't get stolen too. Uh, and he drove, got it stuck by one of the ever ubiquitous lakes that are all over Florida, and. <laughs> He, of course, ran into a plaza where he eventually got arrested. He is being charged with Grand Theft Auto, of course, and he is now being held on $10,000 bond. Um, so, oh, Florida! You know, I'm not one to mock the the face tattoo, but you, you better have your high-paying job before. Just saying. You got the giant lightning bolt on your face. Like, you I... better be a rapper that already has sold a million albums. Yeah, well, yeah. Because otherwise... It's, you're going to be stealing ambulances outside of hospitals. So, good job. Is he trying to drive it into a lake because it looks like it's being headed into a lake. Maybe. Screw you, ambulance. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, good job. You've made it to our podcast, which is never something you want to be, at least at this portion. Yeah. However, some people we do want to talk about. There are some people we do want to talk about. Our patrons. 
And they are lots of fun to talk about. Yeah, why don't you talk about our patrons since I always screw it up? <laughs> That's right, guys. We do have a Patreon, and you can become one of our patrons for just $5 a month. And what do you get with that $5 a month, you ask? Well, you get access to our Discord chat where we have all kinds of discussions about movies and music and things that have come up and just things that people want to talk about. You can interact with myself and Greg there uh, pretty much directly. So if you ever have any questions or if there's any ever any ever any input that you want to give us or any questions that you want us to answer, you can reach us there directly. Um, you'll get early access to the movies that we're reviewing. You'll get early access to the top five lists. You'll even be able to submit some of your own top five lists that we'll read here on the show. You'll get a birthday episode where you get to pick the movie and we come up with a top five list about you. And there are some there are some higher ranges that allow access to show notes as well as you get to curate an episode and be on the show with us. And uh, also we have enough patrons where we have actually opened up a special episode that we will will be doing every month. We've done one of them. We will be doing another one soon. Uh, and uh, it's just kind of fun conversational episodes where we have a lot of weird pop culture questions. We let the patrons ask questions, mm-hmm. uh, random stuff. I think just as a, a hint, you can see if you want to get on this. Uh, I think my question this, this month is going to be, which celebrity would you be absolutely not shocked at all if it turned out they were a serial killer? Mm. I, I'm also probably going to ask what their mo is, like how what 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 would their serial killer name be, like the the fingernail killer or something along those lines. So nice, yeah. So we'll we'll get into that. So anyway, uh, Patreon.com/slash Give Me Five Podcast. Check it out and thank you in advance. Thank you, yeah. Let's uh, do the book. Oh, you want to do the book first? I think so. All right. Well. A couple of books ago, because you know I am an avid Audible listener and I go through books fairly quickly, I I came across this book called The Girl in the Stars. It was released on Audible. It's written by Mark Lawrence, who, for those of you who listen, may or may not realize that he's an author that we have talked about on the show in the past. He has done the Red Queen's War and also did the, the trilogy Red Sister that I really enjoyed and talked very highly of, set on the planet Abbott. Well... He has released another book called The Girl in the Stars that is basically revisiting the planet Abeth. It's a whole different story on the same planet. So it's the same the same setup, the same fantasy system, the same the same way that everything works. It's just in a different location. And it's uh it's narrated by Helen Duff, who does a, who does a good job. I, I I did not mind her narration. She did not take me out of the story. She did she did an excellent job as far as the narration was concerned. And you know how I always like to get my the best bang for my buck for my credits. Uh, the the book is actually narrated version is eighteen hours and twenty one minutes. Damn. So I figure that's that's a that's a good mark. So the synopsis of the book is in the ice east of east of the Black Rock. There is a hole into which broken children are thrown. Yaz's people call it the Pit of the Missing, and now it is drawing her in as she has always known it would. To resist the cold, to endure the months of night when even the air itself begins to freeze, requires a special breed. Variation is dangerous, difference is fatal, and Yaz is not the same. Uh, I would like... Oh, sorry. There's more. There's two more paragraphs. You've got the notes, bro. I I have my own notes. But I was going to say, we just want to say in advance, do not throw your broken children into dark pits. We do not approve. Yeah. 
That it, that is not a give me five podcast approved activity. You do not throw your broken children into pits. Yes, correct. Sorry. Yaz's Continue. difference tears her from the only life she's ever known, away from her family, from the boy she thought she would spend her days with, and has to carve out a new path for herself in a world whose existence she never suspected. A world full of difference and mystery and danger. Yaz learns that Abeth is older and stranger than she has ever imagined. She learns that her weakness are an her weaknesses are another kind of strength and that the cruel arithmetic of survival that has always governed her people can be challenged. I think uh, I could have had my name be uh, Yaz Hands instead of Jazz Hands. Yes. Does she have a flute? Would it be the Yaz flute? I'm going to stop now. Sorry. Continue. So in all honesty, this book took me quite a while to get into. I mean, honestly, I didn't really become fully engaged until almost the end of the book. Then it ended on a cliffhanger. Well, shit. So now I'm kind of interested to read the next one because I was really starting to get into it. And then it ended on a cliffhanger. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So did, did the book stand up on its own? I want to say yes, but I, I think my issue with the book had to do with a lot of the imagery involved. Um, the the book itself, like I said, takes place on the same ice covered world that the series Red Sister took place in, and I've just dis- I we've, I've discussed my feelings on that in one of the previous episodes when we talked about that that trilogy or those three books, and I really enjoyed that series, but that series takes place in the green belt around the equator where the, where the ice is kept at bay by the forgotten technology of a lost civilization. And there's so much to explore and unpack there that it's easy to get lost in the fantastical world that he created. Whereas this one takes place in the frozen reaches of the planet. So it's on the ice in the, it's on the ice covered far North where it's far away from anything that we've previously experienced in the book, and there's really no references to any of the previous novels other than, like, the, the different classes of the characters, like the Geraint, the Hunska, the Quantil, and the Marshall. Those are the, those are the people that have the special powers, and they're still divided up that way. But there really isn't any reference to the previous books, and adding to that is the fact that approximately 90% of the book takes place in the dark caves beneath the ice. And there's really only so much imagery and descriptive adverbs that you can use for unending blackness. So, I mean, ultimately I enjoyed the book. Yeah. And I may continue reading the series, but I'm probably not going to drop what I'm reading to jump at the next book when it comes out. I felt that a little bit, like that when I was reading The Road by Cormac McCarthy because it was, you know, everything was dusty and dry and there was like, everything was, I came upon a boy and he was dusty and dry and the cracked earth in my parched mouth. I was like, I need a drink. I remember I was reading, I was actually listening to that one while I was at the gym and I remember I kept on having, like, kept on having to leave the machine I was on to go get more water because the book was making me thirsty. But, but, I mean, you understand what I'm saying? Like, when, yeah. when I listen to a book, I'm picturing what is being told to me. Yeah. I, I've got this image in my head, and, and it was really neat going through it with the first trilogy because they had so much – there was so much description and everything and how all these things worked, and he had it really planned out and everything. And then this book is like 
almost the entire book takes place in blackness. And it's like there there just isn't there's not a whole lot involved with stimulating your imagination. And, you know, there are people who will say that you're not really using your imagination if you're if you're being read a book. But I, I feel like you are because you're still picturing it. Yeah. So th- there just wasn't a whole lot in the in that exercise of picturing it and imagining the story unfolding before your eyes as there was in the first trilogy. And at the end of this trilogy, they actually come out of the ice, so maybe the next book will be better, but we'll see. Gotcha. So you will have to keep us posted on that. I will. And uh, I'm. did you get a chance to watch Invincible? I did not. Did not. Okay. Well, I'm going to try the non-spoiler route here. Ooh. So Invincible is an animated series. Now, don't be like, sweet, animated series. I'm going to immediately sit down and watch it with my child. Probably because, not a good idea. Yeah, it is very violent, very bloody. And I happen to know that, but it, it also looks very bright and uplifting and classic. And it's You're not. Very bloody. Not at the moment. Release date was March 26th. The first three episodes came out, and then they're released in... This is on uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, They're now releasing single episodes from that point on. They're somewhere between the 45-minute and 60-minute range, depending. Uh, And it is animated, uh, starring Stephen Young, who I love, from uh, Glenn, of course, from Walking Dead, Mm -hmm. Sandra Oh, J.K. Simmons, uh, Zazie Beetz, Walton Goggins, my uncle's former workout... uh, was it uh, personal trainer Walton really? Robbins? Yeah, he was. Uh, Jillian Jacobs, Mark Hamill. I don't know who that is. Mark Hamill, some guy. I don't know who's that. Yeah, Clancy Brown, Seth Rogen, Jason Man- Mansuzakis, and Zachary Quinto, amongst others. I had to throw Jason oh. in there because he is a podcaster from uh, How Did This Get Made? You've probably seen him too. But anyway, an adult animated series based on the Skybound slash Image comic about a teenager whose father is the most superhero most powerful superhero on the planet. So I have all seven of the hardcover versions of this and I think it's great. It's one of those things where the initial comic came out and it was a straight up unadulterated, unabashed superhero comic. And this came out right around the time when that was not cool. Remember like the X-Men when like the early X-Men movies came out and they're like, we're going to put them in tactical uniforms and not use bright colors and pretend like they're not superheroes, that kind of thing. And then Iron Man came out and blew it out of the water. Mm-hmm. But this came out around then in comic form, of course. So when I got the early issues, I was like, okay, this is this is good, but what's the catch? Because it's just a straightforward comic with right. – with, uh, out any of the type of superheroes that we know of like you're not going to see a random superhero comic come out back then or mm-hmm. which doesn't have superman or batman or spider-man something like that like a whole new team unless there's some sort of catch like the thunderbolts which will probably be a thing soon but anyway thunderbolts. yeah and then you get up to about issue eight of this series and everything changes now the problem is too bad of a problem, but you can't wait till you get to episode eight because you're going to lose your audience if things are just like, well, this is great. It's a very good version of something, but what's the catch? 
So they took this issue eight thing and they moved it up to the end of episode one. Um, and I think it was to its benefit. And it's the big difference between the TV show and having to hold on to viewers from people that aren't me that have read it mm-hmm. and are people that might even like superhero stuff but never sat down and read the comics in 2003. Um, so it's really good. Just, you know, the the artwork of the animated series is good. There's a few freeze frame kind of things that I think pull away from the act, like the impact of certain things, you know, like anime style action where something, someone gets punched and like they do the thing where like it freeze frames, but the background kind of moves. Oh, okay. It does that occasionally. Um, it really does lean into the art. The artist of the comic is, and he did all of them. I think his name is Ryan Otley and he's awesome. He draws Spider-Man now, but he, he really focuses on these like bigger than life, superheroes um they look a lot like uh the batman toys that you've seen at that you liked at walmart or target wherever it was you know the big broad chests and very clean lines um it's about this kid who's wanted to have superpowers forever and his dad is a he knows his dad is a superhero named omni man who's like the superman of that world Mm-hmm. Um, superheroes are not a hidden thing in this world. There's government-controlled superpower superheroes. There's buildings getting blown up, you know, just because someone's robbing a bank kind of thing. And this kid finally gets his superpowers. He's working at, like, a uh, uh, fast food place, and he goes to throw the garbage can garbage into the, the dumpster and throws it into space. He's like, shit. <laughs> um, and then things take a little bit of a darker turn. You know, where you're showing the father is, like, training the son. And he's, like, not pulling his punches. He's like, let's see what you can do. And it's like, kid's, like, actually getting hurt. And he's like, Dad. You know, that kind of thing. And it's I thought it was it was interesting and well handled. Uh, there's a lovely, fun little alien attack early on in the first few episodes where these aliens keep on coming back because their, their time moves a lot faster than ours. So they come in these portals, and then they lose. So they go home, and they're like, they... Since their time is going faster, they are able to um, develop new technology and then come back like a few minutes later, but with all new weapons. Mm-hmm. But the problem is because their time is moving faster, when they go here, they start wiv- like shriveling up and dying, like right away. So it's kind of a fun little like animation thing, or a fun little uh, uh, way to attack them. They have these little like devices that keep them from aging. But uh, it's really good. It's fun. Why would why would they start? I don't. I don't understand the the mechanics in that though. Why would they start to shrivel up and die if their time slowed down? They wouldn't need to stop because, from aging because their time moves faster. I looked it up and it's it. It was actually something that was science, but I couldn't quite understand it. Like when I was trying to look up why they were dying, I found like a some website that explained it, and it was like something to do with the gravity and physics. Um, it would have to have been extreme gravity, though. I, I'm definitely not smart enough to determine it, but they apparently that's the way it would have worked, which I don't get. But well, why does gravity affect time? I don't know. That is totally a different podcast. Because those scientist guys said it does. Whatever, <laughs> nerds. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I highly suggest this show. It's re- it was fun. It's um, super duper violent. You know, think uh, it's a good if you time. watched, watch it with the family. Yeah, Sit down think the the, the boys when the speedster guy crashes through the dude's girlfriend. 
that kind of violent. Blood and viscera everywhere. And uh, when you happen upon the twist, then uh, just thank me for not ruining it. What a twist. Yes. Now, Rob, since everyone else has seen it, why don't you introduce uh, King Kong vs. Godzilla? Well, this is, in fact, the first film to feature both King Kong and Godzilla in 59 years, almost 60 years. King Kong vs. Godzilla was actually released on October 31st, 2021, even though Greg told me it was being released on the 25th. Did I say October? It was released on March 31st of 2021. I thought it came out a few days before because people were talking about it, and I don't know how those people saw it because they were people here. Ah. So it was released on March 31st. It was directed by Adam Wingard, stars Alexander Skarsgård, Millie Bobby Brown, Rebecca Hall, Brian Tyree Henry, Shun Oguri, Lance Reddick, Kaylee Hoddle from All Deaf, from All Deaf Family. She, she's the little girl, and uh, she she comes from an all an All Deaf family, and she plays a um, she plays the the girl that's able to contact and talk to Kong. Is she actually deaf? She is not. Which I thought was kind of interesting, but the, but she is fluent in sign language and as a result of coming from an all deaf family. And the synopsis is the epic next chapter in the cinematic monster verse pits two of the greatest icons in motion picture history against one another: the fearsome Godzilla and the mighty Kong, with humanity caught in the balance. So, what do you think, Greg? I did enjoy it. I did. I think it was the world's best movie. No, of course not. Uh, but did I have a good time watching it? Was I excited that I could actually watch it with my child? Because I made an assumption that it was going to be safe, which it was. And I just, I, you know, I saw its flaws, but I did have a good time with it. What, uh, what did you think? I enjoyed it. It was a great popcorn movie. Special effects were amazing. They there were some there were a couple of things in the movie that made me go, uh, wait a minute. But all in all, the movie was enjoyable if you just ignored some of those some of those uh, WTF moments. I didn't like how it how the battle turned out. Uh, we we are going to spoil this, by the way, for you people. Out We're there. going to spoil the shit out of this. So, so who did you think was going to win and and all that, like the the actual King Kong versus Godzilla battle? I honestly, I wanted Kong to win, but I would have been okay had he had he lost. But I understand that they can't eliminate that franchise yet. I what I didn't like. Was the fact that they that at the beginning of the movie they they absolutely said Kong submits to no one, and he totally submitted like a little bitch. <laughs> I uh, I think I, I was rooting for Kong as well. I I like both Godzilla and Kong. Um, in fact, I probably like Godzilla better. Just like if I had a, a choice of like a Godzilla toy or a King Kong toy, I would probably lean Godzilla. 
but I think I'm more emotionally attached to Kong because a lot of what the character does is involving. I think like, that's what it was. It's like the reaching out and touching the little kid's hand, or you Kong know. is a more sympathetic character, whereas yeah. Godzilla is just a kaiju. Yeah, he, there, there's not a whole lot there other than people just admiring him but there's there's almost a human quality to call yeah and like when when they start blasting godzilla to get him to stop stepping on buildings you're like yeah stop him and when they blast king kong you're like dude he just wants to be left alone like just leave him alone yeah leave him on his island and you know that's that and and it was interesting watching this is the first non-marvel big budget movie that i watched with my kid and he picked up on a lot of that. He's like, why are they being so mean to Kong? You know, why? He just wants to be alone. And, like, when they when they decide to go through the Earth at one point, he's mm-hmm. like, what idiot had this idea? <laughs> <laughs> From the mouths of babes. He's, he's, like, he's like, what idiot decided this was a good idea? And I was like, dude, you're not really allowed to say that. You're eight. <laughs> like, I mean, you're, wrong, you're right. but You're not wrong, but... It's one of those where I had to look over my shoulder to see where my wife was. Like she's not in the room. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so like I guess they these two are just driven to fight because they're the you know to quote uh, Red Dawn, the two biggest kids on the block are eventually going to get in a fight someday. Is that kind of the the deal? I, well, it's it's a eons long battle where the the monsters battle for supremacy. None. What, they can't be happy as long as one's alive. Basically, mm-hmm. they 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 require total domination. Um, and you know, I mean, I guess I can I can pass that off with the animal kingdom. You know, there's always one one lead of the herd or whatever. Yeah. Um, and you know, sometimes you get challenged. And in in this instance, Godzilla was the was the alpha. Um. King Kong took a beating, but then King Kong turned around and saved Godzilla from Mecha Godzilla, who showed up. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I liked how they how they did that, but I don't really know how, any other way that they could have like had Mecha Godzilla go insane. Yeah. So, so there's a lot to unpack there. So it starts off Kong Island, Godzilla, and they are bringing Kong off of Kong Island. He's because Godzilla's gone crazy. Yeah, and Godzilla meets up with them in on in like a flotilla of battleships and destroyers and aircraft carriers and whatever. Great and, scene, by the way. Which is really good. Um, and there Godzilla or Kong's bouncing around, and Godzilla's like ev- just eviscerating ships. And you watch this and you're like, man, this is a good popcorn movie. And you're like, three thousand sailors just died in that one blast. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. Um, really good opening action sequence. Uh, and then Kong gets hurt. Pretty Well, he gets hurt, right, at that point. And that's where they they evacuate him after kind of shooing Godzilla away. They evacuate him. Well, they him. don't really shoo him away. Kong plays dead. And they turn off all the power to make Godzilla think that it's over. And Godzilla uh, swims off. Yeah, if I had, like... If that was my one thing that I was like, I need to be number one. I need to defeat this thing. I I'm gonna eat King Kong <laughs> if, I, yeah. if I need it. Like I'm gonna eat his heart. Yeah, that's like that's totally a movie thing. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, so 
they so bring... The, the, the humans have developed a way to combat Godzilla, and they've created their own Godzilla, and they've created Mechagodzilla, and the way that they power Mechagodzilla is with one of the skulls that's left over from, is it Ghidra? Ghidorah? Yeah, I think it's it's that. Ghidorah, I think. Ghidorah? The three-headed Hydra or whatever that, that I guess they killed in the first movie? Mm-hmm. But he still has, like, some telepathic control, and they're using the skull of Ghidorah and the telepathic abilities. I don't know how he still has telepathic abilities, but his his skull is drawing—his bones are drawing power from their primordial power source, and they're trying to figure out where they can get more power because they can't power Mechagodzilla long enough to do anything meaningful with him. So they want Kong to show him where the power source is. This is, like, really quick and dirty uh, explanation of the plot, but— they need they need Kong to show them where the power source is so that they can get the power source to power Mechagodzilla. And once they get the power source to power Mechagodzilla, Ghidorah or Ghidra or whoever it is has been lying in wait and basically takes control of Mechagodzilla. Yeah. And goes apeshit and starts killing people, destroying stuff. That scene, by the way, when Mechagodzilla came to life, mm-hmm. quote unquote, with my air bunnies... The uh, the scene where Mechagodzilla comes to life and he's slowly moving up towards the window as the guy's giving his speech and everybody's kind of looking wide-eyed and, like, backing slowly away. Yeah. I was like, okay, that scene was a little creepy. I was like, yeah, okay. Well shot. Well yeah. shot scene. Yeah, he does. Uh, did we do the... I don't... Did we do the stuff about the movie? I think we jumped right into it. Like, the director and all that stuff. Did we do that? Yeah, we did. Okay, we did that. Okay. Yes. See, this is this is what happens. You know, I thought I was fine from the va- second vaccine, but apparently I've lost my mind. Uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting bringing that in. I actually had no clue that Mechagodzilla was going to be in there. Um, I had is... an inkling because I knew that it's some. I I knew that they wouldn't kill one of them just because their franchises are starting to take off. Mm-hmm. So I I knew that they couldn't afford to kill one of them. So they were going to have to have some kind of like team up. Yeah, and I didn't know who would be next. Like, the the last Godzilla movie kind of burned a bunch of the big monsters. Well, the beauty of this monster, though, is that Mechagodzilla can be recreated. Yeah. So, I mean, it'll... It was just like, who are they going to team up against? And it's like, well, they couldn't team up against Ghidorah again. They kind of did, but, you know, Mothra had been in there. Mothra was dead. They did M- Muto. Um, Gamora? Kinda... No, not Gamora. Um, Gamera? Gamera, yeah, but that's just a stupid turtle. Like, can you imagine trying to, like, a turtle that that spins around because its legs and arms go into its shell and, like, fire comes out of it? Like, they can't base a Hollywood movie on that. I would like to see it. I do like me a good, terrible Gamera movie. Thank you, Mystery Science Theater. Um, so, of course, the, I thought the first, like... The first King Kong Godzilla punch like punch fest was just great. Like the first time Go- uh, Kong's fist hits Godzilla, you're like, yeah, <laughs> get him, get him. And Kong has that lovely little attack where he, where he like will rip things jaws off, and he can't do that with Godzilla because Godzilla can just torch his hands, so he can't do that. And then later on, Mecha Godzilla tries to do the same thing to. Godzilla that Godzilla did to Ghidorah, where he tries to like open up his mouth and shoot the fire into it, which is mm-hmm. how Kong beat him. So it's kind of a cool little, you know, way to kill them, and it you know shows up a little bit uh, throughout. 
Uh, have you ever seen the original ones? Like, I no, I didn't. Hmm. Yeah, because I know, like you, we said, it was like fifty nine years, but um, it is the thirty nine, thirty sixth Godzilla movie, and the twelfth King Kong movie. And it is the shortest in the MonsterVerse, which I found out. It's only 113 minutes, which is actually a surprise. Really? Yeah. Um, it's interesting. The trivia for this was, was some of it was really kind of funny. Um, the original film, there was a, a lot of problems with it, like between the two studios, because it's like King Kong versus Godzilla, America versus, America versus Japan. Only ten year, ten years or so after, maybe twenty years after World War Two, mm-hmm. no one wants their product to lose because they'll assume it's going to lose money or lose future movie deals. Um, and apparently, they based a little bit of that movie. I don't know exactly how, but this is what they said on a wrestling match between Rikiduzan and his uh, Japanese tag team partners Toyonobori and the Great Togo, where they went up against. The classy Freddie Blassie, Luthez, and Mike Sharp. And it was a big deal that the Japanese wrestlers were going to go up against the American wrestlers on national mm-hmm. television in Japan. And um, uh, I guess Freddie Blassie did the, the cutting his head open thing on the Great Togo, and it freaked out Japanese viewers. And they actually, there's no proof of this, but some reportedly had died as a mm-hmm. result of shock. <laughs> I was like, wow. And their TV is so much weirder than ours, too, so I don't understand how that happened. Right? Like, have you ever seen a Japanese game show? It'll be like, you know, how many farts can you eat? <laughs> what? Who poops last? <laughs> <laughs> like, their game shows are literally, like, like twist yourself into a shape and try to fit through a hole, or and you might fall into a pit of spikes. <laughs> if you don't, like, no. But I I do like how they got around the the King Kong first Godzilla thing this time, the fight. I thought that I, Godzilla probably would have won in real life too. Yeah. Because of the, the He's got fire. so many extra weapons. Yeah, the fire breath. and I do like that Kong had a weapon. I, well, and see, that that's where I would have liked it to have been different because I would have liked to have had King Kong fight Godzilla and lose or and start to lose but then get the weapon and and start to win because having that be the difference between the two of them is that king kong is has has more um uh creation capacity yeah he's, ability he's to use tools he has a simian um, brain he can use tools yeah right so get the get the or get the weapon and then start to come out on top and then he can still lose, but have him lose the weapon and then lose the fight. Yeah. Now the weapon, the weapon he already had the scale. It was, it was an axe made out of one of Godzilla's scales, right? He didn't just get yeah. the scale in the battle, right? No, no. It See, was... like I think that was a, a very big missed opportunity. Like he could yeah, have been, he been could awesome. be losing, but grab that scale as he goes underwater, and then that's why Godzilla thinks he's done, and then retreats to heal himself. Yeah. It, but then you've got then you've got the second standoff where King Kong is like, Yep, nope, I don't want it anymore. No mas. No mas. Yeah. And he just drops the axe at the end. Cause got after the fight is over and King Kong because King Kong saves Godzilla and he basically whips the crap out of Mecha Godzilla. 
just completely dismantles him with the axe. Mm-hmm. Um, Pulls his Godzilla spine out. Fin- What's that? Pulls his spine out. Yeah, and Godzilla finally recovers and stands up and starts to walk away and turns to look at Kong like he's going to attack Kong again. And Kong looks down at his hand, sees the axe, and then just drops the axe. And, and Godzilla's kind of got that, yeah, that's what I thought, and turns around and walks away. And I'm like, oh, why you got to make King Kong a bitch? <laughs> you made King Kong a bitch. Damn. That's what the next the next one's going to have Godzilla wearing a shirt that says, I made King Kong a bitch. Yeah. And that's the name of the episode, by the way. Why you got to make King Kong a bitch. No, we can't because of the the word bitch won't get posted. Well, you just used the asterisk at sign whatever. <laughs> Started with it. a B, asterisk at sign pound sign. There you go. Exclamation mark. Rob wants to make our episode have a spoilery title. I see how it is. Just remember that when you're writing angry letters to the podcast. Speaking of, I think that's everything. Well, was there anything else that you had a problem with in the movie? Uh, was there? I mean, the some of the physics was a little off at times, if that's what you're getting at. Well, no, I had, I had a question. And, and I think okay. I know where, they'll, where they can go with it to explain it. Mm-hmm. But when, mm-hmm. when King Kong went to the center of the Earth, to the hollow Earth. Yes. There was an awful lot of, like, hand-carved infrastructure <laughs> And and mechanics and doors and 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 latches and shit. And I'm like, for a bunch of for a bunch of mindless monsters, it sure seems like there's a lot of thought put into designing this building. <laughs> what the? Yeah. Okay. So let let's talk about that little center of the earth thing. Yeah. That is. I I did make note of it. The idea of an inner earth thing is not with. No. And we're, when we talk inner earth, we're talking a. They dig underground, usually in, like, Antarctica, and you go underwater, and all of a sudden, you're no longer in ice. You are now in a, like, jungle paradise with dinosaurs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, There's an entire area of the X-Men lore, the Savage Land. The Ice Age movies Mm -hmm. had Dawn of the Dinosaurs, right? I think that was that one. And they call it Hollow Earth Theory. Yeah, Hollow Earth Theory. Uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth. There's a a movie apparently starring Gene Autry called Phantom Empire, which will probably end up getting watched at some point. And it's a really cool idea. It is absolutely not feasible at all. This is the other thing I found on those science-y websites. So, like, yeah, what you're saying, there was, like, carved stuff there, like, that there was clearly some group of, like, Neanderthals that lived there that somehow had technology. But the fact that there's trees is even more you know not feasible now i understand it's a fantasy movie whatever but there's no possible way that trees can grow underground <laughs> they use one percent of the sunlight they capture so even with this like i guess these crystals were supposed to be powering everything like they would have to be so intense to power something underground well and it seemed like the sun was actually the core of the earth yeah and even that would be too hot to like you know the plants are just torch themselves but did it look kind of pretty yeah for the most part if you look closely it was a little bit suspect it looked like they made the world and then took the the file and then flipped part of it upside down to make the roof of the world <laughs> mm-hmm. um so i 
all of the infrastructure that you were seeing, I kind of thought that that was like the scientist that had built all that stuff. No, the scientist hadn't been there. The one, the one expedition that went down there was killed. Uh, yeah, that's a little ridiculous, then. And I was like, "What the hell carved all this shit?" <laughs> That that was my one big WTF. I'm like, where did all this crap come from? There's an awful lot of craftsmanship down here, and I don't think Godzilla's carving this shit. And I'm pretty sure King Kong's not carving this shit either. Yeah, seems like a nice place for Godzilla or for King Kong to go hang out, though. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, the other issue would be the parenting. the The woman who brings her her deaf daughter, who's like what seven to meet all of these monsters and to the area where there's like giant flying snakes and like not just giant, like Florida giant, like actual giant flying snakes. I'm like, let's bring my daughter here. Like, no, <laughs> that's a snack, but it was a fun movie and uh, I enjoyed it. So, uh, how can, well, you know what? I'll just, I'll just do it now. I'm going to do it. Why don't you do it now? Guys, you can reach us uh, at Gibby5podcast.com. All of our stuff is there. You can check us out, Gibby5pod, Twitter and Instagram. I am posting a lot more stuff there, so check that out. You can message us, Gibby5podcast at gmail.com. Of course, we have our Patreon. Uh, also, starting to look into a couple more t-shirt ideas. I started kind of playing around with some the other day. I'm not sure when those will happen, but if you are interested in a Gibby5podcast t-shirt, uh, give me five podcast dot threadless dot com. Um, God, I wish I knew how to do that shit because I had ideas. Well, just tell me the ideas and I'll make it happen. Uh, also, you know, uh, if you are you're like I like this show, but I'm not going to give these people money. Well, you could just go on to whatever podcast uh, uh, service you're using, Apple or Spotify or whatever that Samsung free thing is going to be. You can like us. You can subscribe to us. Review us. Uh, you know, give us good reviews, we hope, and let us know what you want on the show. Yeah, if they're bad reviews, keep them to yourself. Yeah. Jerks. <laughs> <laughs> we just gave you free content. We just told you the entire King Kong vs. Godzilla movie. Thanks for listening, guys, and remember to check out our Monday Side B episode. We are going to talk about the 1989 Peruvian sci-fi film Crime Zone. We're going to go in-depth on that, we think, because we're not really sure what it's about. It's a Spanish movie. Telemundo! See. And, of course, we will get into our Give Me Five question of the week. So check it out on Monday. package for 49 bucks hell yeah is what people say to me when i'm a male gigolo